What's up, everybody? Draft Vice. We're back. Sorry, Quinn's still MIA. He'll be back next week. Don't worry. Don't don't get too lonely. Maybe we'll do one special for him. Uh, and we're back with Shane McMurdo, our guest host from last time. Wearing the same Oregon jersey. Not because we don't record these at the same time or anything. It's not not a problem. I'm a gross person. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm still wearing the same blue shirt too. Um, so yeah, we're back and we're talking about the ASC North, uh, my division, and we're gonna start out with our with the rival of the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rival. Anyway, so the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, traded up in the first round to grab uh, linebacker Devin Bush of Michigan. It was an interesting decision. Trade up with the Broncos and uh, got themselves a, I guess, their quarterback of their defense. How do you feel about that? Um, he, Bush is very good, very athletic, a good linebacker. I just I don't know about tenth, you know. But um, he was going top ten. He was going top twelve. You like, think so? A lot of teams liked him. He was going high in this draft. The second he blew up the combine, the second people looked back at his tape, there were people who said they liked him better than Devin White, who went five. So I don't know if I agree with the positional value of taking a linebacker very high. Well, but they kind of need it. Yeah, too. some teams need it, especially the Pittsburgh Steelers definitely needed it. And uh, they they value the linebacker position. You know, Ryan Shazier was a major part of that defense before he went down with his injury. So I think it wasn't a bad move. Um, I'm not always going to be a fan of trading up into in the first round. Not unless you're getting, like, a, a quarterback. Or just, just an absolute... Well, and I do think Devin Bush is a solid pickup. I think he's going to be a again. He's going to be a solid player in their defense. He's going to play all three downs. He's athletic. He's fast. He's good in coverage. I uh, and dresses well. I guess if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, Sol, uh, as solid against the run. Uh, it does have a little bit of a problem of like kind of getting a little bit in the weeds and trying to chase down a play. So I don't even know if he's going to be making that many impact plays as far as against the run. Not going to get a lot of tackles for loss. But it's still a solid player to pick up, uh, and again, a trade up. I think that's a lot to. I think they they didn't tr- they didn't spend much. They spent a second rounder and a third next year to go ahead and grab him. No, that was his biggest hit. Like you said, is like he was often out of position a lot. Yeah. To get the play, to make the play, because he's so. There's two ways you can look at that, right? There's one. It's you know the guy gets out of position a lot. The other one is this guy's super competitive. He wants to make a play. Yes. He wants to, you know, the getting out of position, that's very coachable, especially with Tomlin. But the competitiveness, they can keep keep that. They yes. Can keep that, especially on that team. And it's something they really need right now, man. They lost, you know, they need, you know, a, a leader on that side of the ball. TJ Watt is there. He's very talented, right? You know, they've they've got talent on that side of the ball, and I think they're kind of understanding too that this team, for the next few years, they might have to lean defensively. Yes, right, because they're losing a lot of offensive talent. Not just Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, not that much in front of him, realistically speaking. And Mason Rudolph may or may not be the answer. And if he is the answer, I don't think he's going to be so good that he can carry the team the way Roethlisberger did. So they're they're starting to lean towards the defensive side, and Devin Bush could very much be the guy that can be, you know, the epicenter of that. Yes. You know? So I, I'm not – I don't hate it. I Like, I'm with you. I don't agree with trading up all the time because you never know how much you're exactly giving up. It's a big risk, but at the same time, I think the dude is a very good player. Wouldn't take him over Devin White, 
but that doesn't mean he can't be very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and again, like you're fixing the center of your defense. They needed that position for a while. It's a team that on their defense didn't have a lot of needs and maybe didn't feel like there was a lot of needs that they needed to pick up in this draft at this moment. So They also rotate linebackers like a lot too yeah well i think this guy's gonna probably be you know middle linebacker inside linebacker he's gonna probably uh be the guy kind of quarterbacking the defense eventually and again like i said before he can play all three downs whereas some linebackers are only run you know run defending linebackers this guy's gonna be the guy who's gonna be on the field all the time and especially with a pick like this you know they did their homework you know they went ahead interviewed him made sure he knew what he was doing made sure that he was going to be solid on the whiteboard Make sure he was going to be, you know, going to be able to hold down that role as the center of the defense, and uh, kind of be the quarterback of their defense in the future. So I think that was a solid pick. They just they really have to address that, you know, positional his leniency and tendencies to get out of position yeah. because in college, especially the Big Ten, which isn't that offensively heavy of a conference. You can get away with it, you yeah. know, against Northwestern, Purdue, Indiana. You can get away with that. In the NFL, you can't. Mm-hmm. So they really have to coach that out of them. Hopefully, they can because if they can, they, they got a hell of a player. They really do. Yeah, and I think what they they were really looking for is somebody who can match up with tight ends and running backs and coverage and be able to play man coverage because this is a team that's moving towards more man coverage and they got to compete in a division that is again you got an athletic got some offensive talent yeah you got a couple of athletic freaks in this uh division you know uh with lamar jackson and we'll talk about their draft next and also cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland browns have a lot of fast very good pass catching running backs who are just good out in space and then tight end you know the tight ends that some of these teams have eifert still in the Bengals, as well as cj uzoma uh, Baltimore Ravens basically have every tight end that ever existed. Yeah, they, they just take every cool. tight end. Dude, there's so many tight ends. They're all tight ends. It's just tight end uh, yeah, Palooza. They, they, got, they didn't even take a tight end this year. I'm shocked. Who, who did they have? Ever, they last year they took like nine. Yeah, they got the guy. They got Jackson from Oklahoma. They got the dude from South Carolina. Hayden Hurst. They um, dude from Minnesota a few years ago. Mark Andrews. Um, Max, what's his fuck? Max Williams isn't there anymore. He just got signed a deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I thought he was still on his rookie contract. Well, I think he, was, he might have just finished up. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, that that first pick, I think it it, it was a solid pick. They didn't have a second round pick because they traded up to get Devin Bush, so that'll count as their second pick as well. Uh, third round pick, Deontay Johnson, who I don't <laughs> think people expected to go this high, but this guy is a great route runner out of Toledo. Very uh, not athletic, like, you know. He didn't test very well. Not super athletic, but it, you would think he te- it would test better. He, you know, he kind of does this thing. He does the if you were trying to find a clone of Antonio Brown, this was a, a guy who can probably be the clone of Antonio Brown, and I, I think that's what they were trying to go for here. Keep in mind, the Steelers their hit rate on receivers that aren't drafted in the first round is extremely high. Like if there's a team that knows how to draft and develop receivers, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Antonio Brown, uh, they had, uh, what's his name, uh, a couple years ago, uh, the other receiver that was, uh, like, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, uh, the other receiver that was a uh, big name, that was uh, Martavis Bryant. Bryant they just seem to grab these receivers that are in that second, third, fourth round, even Sam, and they end up being real players. Even Sammy Coates had a couple productive Yes, Sammy Coates. And Eli. Um, Eli Rogers, yeah, slot receiver, yeah. Well. Uh, even um, what's his fuck from 
the the guy that the Raiders drafted years ago, the Reggie Bush year and Vince Young, um, Darius Hayward Bay. Yes, somewhat productive for them. Usually a big special teamer for them. Yeah, <coughs> has played a couple of games for them as well. I guess as a uh, reserve receiver. Um, so I you know when they draft a receiver, you kind of pay attention, and th- the fact that this guy is a solid route runner. Uh, very good player. I kind of I like the the pick, and I, I think that he's going to end up panning out. Uh, fits into that offense really quick. He's not the deep downfield guy though, at least not right now. That's what Schuster's going to be though. I think Schuster's going to be either a big slot or the downfield guy. They also got James Washington, who they drafted last year. Yeah, um, he might be a downfield guy for them as well. He's fast. Um, you didn't run fast. That was the weird thing. Like he's his, fast in field though. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to, this is going to be a test year, man. They're going to see, it's going to be a testament. They're going to see if they're, these guys have developed. I would have taken Butler over. You know who I think is a sleeper, though, is Vance McDonald. I don't think anybody pays attention to. That was a guy they uh, traded for. And uh, I think that's going to, that tight end is going to end up being a solid player for them. Especially with James not there anymore, either. Yeah, Jesse James isn't going to be there anymore. Yeah, so, yeah, he's he's good. I don't know. He's not... He's not going to be like a top 10 tight end, I don't think, but he'll be... He, we'll talk about him when we get to fantasy later on this year. I just, I, I'm just talking about in general. I yeah. Like, not fantasy points, just NFL, you know, consensus-wise. Well, I'm just, I mean, that was kind of more of my, my hint to the future. <laughs> He's going to be an interesting guy to talk about in fantasy. Right. Um, But I don't know. I would have taken, taken Hakeem Butler over Deontay Johnson, even though they're different players. I just think... I also think Hakeem Butler had a lot of a lot of people were not sold on him. You know his ability to handle press coverage. Yeah, you know, dropped the ball a lot. Um, and now, granted, part of that was the the quarterback and kind of having to go for you know uh, for throws that were severely off target. But I still I I still think that I understand why teams didn't go right at Hakeem Butler, um, or another wide receiver, Miles Boykin, who uh, the Ravens took. Um and again like a team that solidly drafts wide receivers so I kind of see what they end up doing. They also drafted a uh, a cornerback in the third round, Justin Lane, who's a former wide receiver now a corner. Yeah, and he went a lot later than I thought. I thought he was going to go in round two for sure. Um, yeah, has decent ball skills, can has a good uh, eye for uh, route concepts. Loses focus though, but you know that's once again it's a very coachable thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, if you know anything about the Pittsburgh Steelers, not the best at developing corners. Ask Artie Burns. Yeah. Ask yeah. pretty much every corner who's not been a vet that goes there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I thought the good pick if you went to a different team. Which is ironic because Tomlin was a defensive backs coach. <laughs> he doesn't have time to sit there and coach the actual defensive backs. Come on, he's a head coach. Um, no, but I like the Justin Lane pick if you went to any other team. So I like him at 83. Uh that was probably their most solid pick in the top three rounds. I I like all three of their their day one and day two picks. What do you think about Snell though? Because he's not he like... he comps very similar to to Connor to James Connor. Right. Very uh, power back, solid hands. Not gonna like he's not Jordan Howard where it's like oh I threw it to your hands and you and it went into the other guy's hands. All right. Here, here's the thing: unless they change all of a sudden with the Steelers how they've always been is if you're the number one running back, you're getting like 90% of the touches. Yeah. Right. It was when, when Le'Veon Bell was there, it was him when he went down or if he was suspended, it was um, Connor. 
No. Well, before that was D'Angelo Williams. Yes. yes. Williams, and then when when he just refused to play, then it was Connor. You know? Yeah. Like they don't really rotate running backs like the rest of the NFL does. They it's very like if you're the running back, you're on the field. But they didn't always do that. That's the weird thing. Before uh, Le'Veon Bell became Super Saiyan Le'Veon Bell, like when they drafted him and it was his first year, and going into his second year when he became a Super Saiyan, uh, they had uh, they had Legarrette Blunt who they signed to a deal. And they were they were playing him about fifty fifty initially, and then they realized, oh wait, Le'Veon Bell, uh, he hit the he hit the gym, he lost some weight, became a better pass catcher, better route runner. Oh, he's just good. That was also before you know Antonio Brown blew up. Martin's that was back when they just had that super yeah. team. Yeah. So once it became that because they became a very balanced team. Yeah. But it was like you can keep a running back on the field that often when the pass is a threat 100% of the time. Yeah. You know, and, you know, they were kind of able to get away with it. Now that they have a younger wide receiver core and an extremely old quarterback, maybe they will start to rotate Snell in, especially because Connor is Well, he got injured last year, too. And then they had to play Jalen Samuels at running back, who although played pretty well, was better at catching the ball than he was actually at running, was kind of more of a Humpty Dumpty runner. So I think that's why they got Snell. They needed a backup for Connor. Um, hey, and he was a top eight running back in the draft too. So, yeah, uh, I, I think this is going to be. I, I I liked Connor. I think I liked how Connor developed. So I'm not worried too much about his actual play. I don't think he's going to lose out to to Snell. No, he's not going to lose out. But I just what I, what I'm predicting though is that because the receiving core is younger. Yeah. And oh, you think they're going to lean more on the run game here? Not necessarily more on it, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be more dispersed than it needs to be. Gotcha. Juju, man. He's gonna have to use his juju bees. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna have to he's gonna be the he's gonna be the the dad now. Anyway, so uh they also drafted Zach Gentry. I think it's kinda more of a, a tight end too kind of player. He's a good, he's a blocking tight end. Yeah. And in the fifth round, kinda what you want. You want to get a guy who you have a solid idea what he's gonna be. They no longer have Mike Munchak though, who I think was a big role in Jesse James's development uh, as a tight end and as well as you know, getting to you know, because Mike Munchak was the O line coach. Part of having Mike Munchak in that O line uh, with you is you, you get to develop with a lot of good blocking. Um, Sutton Smith was a guy who people were talking about as a solid edge rusher coming in this year. I think he's going to end up moving to be a backup linebacker at some point, off the ball guy, kind of like what they did with Joe Schobert in uh, Cleveland. He's going to be a situational guy at first, maybe for his first two three years. He just never really developed into the edge rusher people thought he was going to be. Um, and again, I think he's going to end up playing like inside linebacker. I think he's not going to play edge on that team. I think he's going to be playing a lot of special teams at first. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's a, when you're looking for a round six pick though, you're not looking for a day one starter. No, you're looking for, you're again, you're throwing darts. You're trying to get your shot. Um, same with Isaiah Bugs, D lineman out of, out of Alabama. And he's going to be more of a rotational depth guy. So uh, I, I think it was a solid draft, nothing spectacular. I wasn't blown away by any of the picks. Uh, how do you feel about it? One yeah, last thought. Uh, don't hate it. Don't love it. It's very – it's a very – if I had to give it a grade, it would be a C plus maybe. Like your parents are going to be happy about it on your report card, but at least you didn't fail. Yeah, I think it was like a league average draft. Um, next team, Baltimore Ravens. And in the first round, they got a wide receiver Marquise Brown out of Oklahoma. That guy's got speed, but he's coming off of Liz Frank. Uh, which I, is, 
Which is an injury that you can't come back from. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not worried about him coming back from the injury, but I don't... There is the question of how quick he's coming back. It, it, yeah. Because you saw it with a... You see, especially with a lot of receivers and tight ends, sometimes, A, you get re-injured. B, it, it takes some time to, to build back off of that, to feel confident in that foot. So I don't know how severe the injury was. Um... So I, I would be a little bit more worried about drafting a wide receiver in the first round, especially a team that has not developed wide receivers. Like, we're talking about Pittsburgh being good with drafting wide receivers and not being good at drafting defensive backs. Uh, this is the reverse end for the the Baltimore Ravens. They seem to suck at developing wide receivers. They just draft first-round ones, and they throw them out to garbage and land. pick up old ones in free agency. That end up being pretty good. So Sustainable. Yeah. Uh, but, like, with the Liz Frank injury, though, um, it's, it's more detrimental to a running back than it is a receiver. It's not going to affect his speed that much, but but it could affect the route running and, yeah, and making affects, a solid count it, uh, cut. Yeah, it affects cuts significantly. Yeah, right. I have a, a like. A I'd be less worried with a guy who's just going straight down the line. Now, granted, you're probably thinking like Marquise Brown. That's what he's doing. Right. Marquise Brown was actually good in the intermediate areas of the field when he was at Oklahoma. Although the the routes he ran are not considered the the biggest pass pro routes necessarily, but he was still. Uh, he was still a solid, rec- uh, solid receiver and solid route runner. Yeah, but in a very defensively weak conference, the Big Twelve. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm not hating on Marquise Brown. It just, it doesn't make sense to me though, because a lot of people are, Lam- where Lamar Jackson fell short, it wasn't because of lack of receiver talent. It was, yeah, they had John Brown last year. Yeah, who so did he well. wasn't. Even, yeah, well, he did well with Flacco. Yeah. So you have right. a guy who was doing well with Flacco who didn't do well with Lamar Jackson. So now you draft a guy who pretty much fits the John Brown role. He's more what, talented than John Brown. Uh, and does paper. exactly what John Brown. I, I was a big fan of John Brown. So am I. I'm and just saying. And I, I don't know. if I, I think John Brown, at least, well, John Brown's probably more refined at this point. I think Marquise Brown is probably a bit more, uh, what I has mean, a little bit more upside. What I mean by that is coming out of the draft. Yes. Like, yeah, you know, John Brown wasn't a first-round talent. But at the same time, it's like. You can throw all these great wide receivers on a team with Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. but is that going to make Lamar Jackson better? You know, it, it's not like it's not me hating on Lamar Jackson either. Like I'm calling a spade a spade. Is that he? If you're missing wide receivers who are open by as much as he was missing them, is that that's not a wide receiver problem? Yeah. Right now, they did need a wide re- wide receiver help because they lost Brown, they lost Crabtree. You know, uh, well, they cut Car- Crabtree. They didn't even want him back anymore. They were like, "You're done. Yeah, they, we're, we're done with you, man. Move on." Do they still have Willie Sneed? Like, is he, I, yes, I do believe he's still on the like, roster. Did he do anything? No. Uh, yeah, and, but he was throwing a lot to tight ends last year, and they do have a lot of tight ends. And uh, they did draft two wide receivers this year. He also they also drafted Miles Boykin. Both these guys are athletic, have speed. I think what their plan here is to send these guys down the field and have them outrun you, and he's going to hope he can he can hopefully at least hopefully throw it downfield and pull some. All right, well, we're going to get lucky. Our guys are going to beat you. We're going to throw it downfield, and if I can't, I'm going to run it. They had a lot of design runs with Lamar Jackson. It wasn't like he was scrambling all the time. He they just he wasn't that he just wasn't that great of a thrower, and that was really kind of the problem. But, uh, you know, they'll still do a lot more design runs with them, too. I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. He's so exciting to watch in college. But it's just at the NFL, it's like, you know, you got to be honest. You know, like just like I'm a huge Mariota fan, but I'm very, very honest and open about his, you know, detriments. Yes. It's when when you're that inaccurate and when you're that hastily to throw a ball, 
that's not a wide receiver thing. And he wasn't even that inaccurate in college. Like I, I don't know if it's he's just having if he's having a hard time adapting to the offense. It, I think it's the speed. Yeah. Because when you play in the what, what, the All American Conference, is that what it is now? Well, like Louisville. And, well, no, he was in the ACC. Excuse me, I take that back. I'm sorry. Louisville changed to the ACC when he was there. But at the same time, the ACC isn't the NFL. Yeah. Right? And, like, you know, the Ravens, they had an identity, which was a defensive first. It was like, we'll stop you on the defense, you know, and we'll score enough to win. That's what they were known for. That was the system he was thrown in. The offensive talent, you know, their their running game was, you know, not the strongest. They had... You know. But their running game got better when he came in. Yes. Because when you have a running quarterback, and they built, they're they're trying to build around his his good skills. Right. So I get that. Right. Like I understand building well, around a guy's strengths. Yes. Do. Right. You now should. I don't know if that gets you him for the long term. I don't also I also don't know if that develops him for the long term. I hope it does because he's so athletic. Yeah. You know he's got talent, but it's just. What, what is this guy's ceiling? We don't know. After a rookie year, it's hard to tell what a guy's ceiling is. Now that he's coming into his second year and a little bit more is expected of him, you know he's going to be the starter, right? And you've put more offense. He's going to get more time with his guys, too. Right. And you have more offensive talent on the ball, not just in the receiving game, but the running game now is stronger because Mark Ingram is much better than Alex Collins was. Mm-hmm. And they also drafted a running back, Justice Hill, out of Oklahoma State. Now... What what are your thoughts on him? I didn't hate the pick. I thought it was it was they're going to be rotating guys in. I think it's going to be a lot of like last year. They're going to take the hot hand. Uh, I actually was more interested in the uh, in. I, I thought there were better running backs to get in this draft, and I thought they were going to take one sooner. To be honest, I, th- I think it's a scheme thing because this is another guy that crushed the combine. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what made him stand out. He was the DK Metcalf of running backs, just on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And I think with getting Mark Ingram, they understand he's older. They understand he doesn't have a lot of miles left on him. But they also looked at how successful he was with sharing a load with a smaller, faster pass-catching running back in Kamara. Now, Justice Hill is not Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. right? You know, But Lamar Jackson isn't true breeze either. I think they're looking for a formula, and they see the possibility of having one that can not only make their running game better and their offense better, but can make Lamar Jackson better. Yeah. Right? And I don't hate the pick. I'm a little shocked by it for how early it went. But I think, it, if, if I'm guessing what they're going for correctly, it could pay off. It could. Um, I, I, the, the Jalen Ferguson one was the one I thought was interesting because I thought he went up against a lot of tight ends. It, it, he, a lot of his, like he was like the I know he was like the the sack leader last year and, and broke the record. But dude, like it was a lot of scheme. He wasn't like he doesn't show a lot of uh, pass rush moves. Again, you're getting an edge player in the third round, and part of it is how's everybody else viewing him, but also, like, how was he winning? And a lot of times he was coming up unblocked. There was a lot of scheme. A lot of guys were blocking with tight ends. Uh, so I wasn't a big fan of that pick. Uh, ben Powers I thought was a good good flyer pick, a guard from Oklahoma. Now they have, that's All their offensive linemen went within the first four rounds, I feel like. But, yeah, um, like I said – He's come, He's a pass-blocking guard, mm-hmm. right? Um, when guard is normally a run-blocking position. Uh, it is easier to teach run-blocking, though, than it is to teach pass-blocking. Especially to a guard. Yeah. Right? But um, this is going to be a running team, no matter, even though they drafted two wide receivers. They're just trying to improve the passing game, but it's going to be a run-first team to control the clock and let the defense win in the game. 
Um, but I was shocked they didn't take more defense early on. And the fact they went two receivers and they didn't, because they did lose Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith. And uh, I know they, they signed Earl, uh, Earl Thomas after cutting Eric Weddle, but I, I just feel like that team, you know, Jimmy Smith's getting long in the tooth. Maybe they hope they'll get a corner next year in the draft. Uh, I know they drafted Amon Marshall out of USC. Uh, you know, you're a big fan of the, the West Coast teams. Do you have any opinion on him or no? He's just he's just big, man. He's not he's developmental not, guy he, taking your yeah, shot he, in the fourth he, round. He'll be he'll be a rotate a guy that you rotate in every now and then. You know, I don't think he's going to be. You know, also, Trace McSwirly. They, they, that's that's a guy who I think they're like ah maybe we'll try him at defensive back. Uh, maybe he'll be our third backup or Taysom Hill kind of a guy. He'll be lucky if he makes the practice squad, dude. I'm just being honest. <laughs> um, but no, man. Like the reason I don't think they went defensive heavy to adjust your point was because their defense, even though they weren't as prolific mm-hmm. as the Jaguars of two years ago, it is still very much a good defense. Oh, it is, and, and that's what got them to where they were. And the Jaguars were like, our defense is so good, let's make it better. And they neglected the offensive side of the ball, and look where it got them. I think what they're really trying to say is our defense is what's going to win us games. Yeah. But let's make the offensive better because the better your offense is, the better your defense is. Yeah. More points, less time on the field only helps your defense. And I think that's what they were trying to do. If I had to guess, man, like I said, I'm just guessing – I'm not too intimate with, you know, the Ravens. Well, as a Browns fan, I'm very happy with this draft because I don't think they did a lot to improve no, on either they, side they, of the ball. They really didn't. Just saying. They, All right. so <laughs> They really didn't, but they didn't. They I'm, didn't. Doing the, the con- I'm doing the Anthony Quinn thing. But they didn't make a lot of picks either, where, like last episode with the Lions, where it was like, what are you doing? Like, you understand what they're doing. Yeah, they have an idea. They have an identity. They know what they're going for. You know what they want to do here. Whereas, And actually, I even feel with the, the Detroit Lions, they at least had an identity. There's some teams. Actually, the Vikings, I thought, was the team that after the, the guard pick with Drew Samia, a lot of their picks were kind of all over the place in the later rounds. Um, I don't really have much other on uh, on the Baltimore Ravens at this point. Uh, I, I think it was a, a, I had a mixed feelings on that draft. Let's go right to the Bengals, unless you have a, another opinion on that. I don't know. No, they just they they shot par, man. They didn't they didn't fail. They didn't it was an fail. average. Yeah, it was an average draft. Cincinnati Bengals had my favorite offensive tackle in this draft with the Jonah Williams pick pick eleven. Dude uh, has been starting since his freshman year at Alabama. Played right tackle, played left tackle, can play guard. A lot of people were thinking he would be like a Zach Martin, play guard for his whole career. I hope it sounds like they're playing him at right tackle or left tackle. I don't care either way. Play him at tackle. Dude's gonna be a solid starter at tackle. Um, tackle, tackle, tackle. Um, this is a guy who, like, remind me of Mike McGlinchey. Like, guys who, like, you saw him in one game where he had a bad game, and everybody went, oh, he can't play in the NFL anymore. And, like, now this other guy's going to be considered better. And I think the reality is Jonah Williams was the best tackle. He had the longevity. He, he, he's been playing tackle for three years. When you play it for that long, that's a tackle and offensive line is a skill position where it's about the time you get in in as that uh, at that position. Same thing with quarterback. The more games you play at a quarterback, the more games you play at offensive line, specifically tackle, the better you are going to get at it. So Jonah Williams had a long uh, has a, a long track record of playing tackle, played it well, and I think people were just trying to start finding holes in his game 
just to find holes in his game because he was on top of the boards for so long. Again, like last year with Mike McGlinchey, you know, everybody was talking about him falling. These guys both went top 12. I think they were the best offensive linemen in the draft at their positions, uh, especially for tackle. Uh, do you have any opinion on that pick? Or? Uh, no, he checks all the boxes, man. Um, size, athleticism, in, uh, fundamentals, intelligence. But not only that, but he played at a high level. Yes. Right? He played on big stage yes. very often, you know, and, and performed at them. To be fair, the, the the big question everybody has with him, though, is the game where they played against Clemson where Cleveland Farrell's just beating the fuck out of him and beating him and getting to the quarterback. And I understand the worries with that. He does have an issue sometimes with length and getting outreach, and it's more about his positioning, but he's still the best tackle in this draft by yeah. a long shot. And, and the Bengals surprised me because the Bengals, they, they're they called the Bungles for a reason. Yeah, and you usually bungle the pick. Right. And I thought this was a solid pick. Yeah, I knew they needed offensive line most, but I really thought they were going to take Haskins here since the Giants didn't take him. And they then, did no work on him. No, no, they didn't. I, I think they went into this year going, listen, we got to build up around whatever. If we're going to take a guy, we'll take a guy next year. We got to build up. We got to see what we have in Andy Dalton, see if he fits in our new coach, Zach Taylor's system. And I, I like what they did here. Zach Taylor came from uh, the Rams. He saw what the benefit of having Andrew Whitworth was to the Rams and building up the O-line. Keep in mind, the part of the Rams' success was the O-line. Right. Part of it was, was they signed Whitworth in free agency they uh, was it Saffold one of the one of the no, guards. Saffold, yeah. It was, they got well, Saffold was there for six years, but he developed the other well. one. Then I guess it was one of one of the other players they got in free agency. All their guys developed. They got better. They they found guys in free agency. Whitworth was a big reason for that, and I think he saw that. So he came in and said, "Listen, we got Cordy Glenn. We need somebody on the other side to bookend him." And also, Gordy Glenn gets injured. Uh, you know, they, they drafted Billy Price last year when they wanted Frank Ragnow, and they just went to the next center on their board. So they, they now are, I think they have like three or four solid guys on that offensive line. They couldn't go into the, the year with Bobby Hart at right tackle again. Now he's just a reserve piece, or they might just release him or trade they him. Have Jake Fisher there as well. No, he's actually, uh, he's not there anymore. He, he completed his contract. Now he's going to be a tight end for the Bills. That is so odd. Yes. Him and Oboehe are both not on the Bengals anymore. I think those picks, uh, those players just didn't develop the way they wanted them to. Uh, I uh, I struck out twice with their first pick and their second pick. First pick, I'm like, okay, they're going Haskins here. And then with their second pick, I thought they were going to try to get, like, Drew Locke or something like that. And even though he wasn't available at the time, I don't believe, but because Denver took him early. But it was like I thought they were just so dissatisfied with Andy Dalton, the fan base, and everybody. I thought they were going to try to take a quarterback early. But Drew Sample, I mean, solid blocking tight end. I think he took him a little early. Yeah. Um, doesn't offer the pass catching prowess of some of the other tight ends in the draft. But if that's what you're looking for for your scheme, I can understand it. Still, still, it's a little Zoma. early because Eifert, Eifert gets hurt every year. Yeah, Zoma and and Eifert are solid tight ends because they don't have what's his face Croft anymore, right? They got rid of him. Yeah, and also keep in mind, like you know, Irv Smith was still on the board. I think Jay Sternberger was still on the board. A lot of guy, other guys were available. Caleb Warren, you could have gotten a little bit later. Um, well, I think so. A few years ago, they tried building around their pass because they thought Andy Dalton was the answer. That AJ Green is obviously a great wide receiver. They thought John Ross was going to be a very good complementary to him when he was not. Well, I think, you know, I'm looking at this, and it seems like they believe in their receiving core with Tawan Taylor. Not Tawan Taylor. Um, <laughs> Ty, the, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, sorry. All the T's, man. Tyler, <laughs> Taylor, Twaller. Yes, yeah, so 
Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, Eifert when he's healthy. Yeah, Joel Mixon. Well, no, that, this Joe team's gonna. Mixon. This team is gonna be surround. Like, is gonna revolve around Joe Mixon. Thank you. That it's is, gonna be like he's gonna be the Todd Gurley of this team. Yeah, he's good, man. He can run. He has good vision. He can catch passes. He yes. It's just people don't like him. That's the problem. Not only that, and they still have Gio Bernard on that team. Well, who's a solid pass catching running back who could you know who could also break off into the slot. Solid route runner. I think they're going to be utilizing the versatility of those two running backs. Yeah, and not like the only thing. The reason Mixon hasn't blown up the way he could because the offensive line was weak, and yes. they've addressed it. And I think once. Once they start to put the offense more around Mixon than Dalton and Green, the, it can get better, right? I like their offensive coordinator a lot. He knows how to coach that team. They've had success with him. Um, the less pressure. Well, this is a new. This is a new coach. He's coming, but he's coming in from uh, Zach Taylor from. Uh, he's coming from the Rams. Right. Uh, it was the QB's coach there, and they're hoping he's going to be the next Sean McVay. Everybody's hoping their coach is the next Sean McVay. Uh, yeah. Same thing with the Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, oh, he shook his uh, his dick once in the, the locker room, and now he's going to be the next Sean McVay. Like, that's all they're hoping for is you're going to be the next Sean McVay. But I do like what they're doing, and I, like I said, he was in uh, he was in L.A. when they got Whitworth and saw the difference between the prior year and that year as far as their offensive line play. And I like what they did here with the first pick. The second pick I'm not wowed by. And then Jermaine Pratt of NC State, solid linebacker, not not spectacular. Not gonna be making big plays. But if you need to fix your linebacker and you didn't draft one of the top, you know, one of the top two guys, you're basically better off just taking flyer picks at this point. Yeah, but at the same time, though, like I I always say, at round one through three, you really really gotta hit. Yeah. Round four and after, it's like the best you can get for your value. Yeah. Um. Well, they trade up in round four to get Ryan Finley, which is kind of a like a certified pre-owned backup. He's Mike Glennon 2.0, man. He's the same exact. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see the upside. See, this is the thing. If you're gonna take a quarterback, right? Tyree Jackson went undrafted. Like that was a guy who I like out of Buffalo, who ended up going to the Buffalo Bills uh, as an undrafted free agent. But dude was big, had a big arm. Like you can build around that guy. You can develop him, and if he turns out into something, that's great. And if he doesn't, well, okay, you move on to the next guy. Uh, I didn't. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Ryan Finley either. Um. He's just there if, if Dalton gets hurt or if Dalton throws four picks in the game again, which is very likely. But I still – the dude's not being answered. Like I said, certified pre-owned backup. Uh, but I did like the next pick, Rennell Wren, bull in a china shop kind of a guy. He's going to get in there. He's going to – you know, he needs a little bit more refinement, but he's going to be on a, a big rotation with this defensive line. Uh, Geno Atkins and uh, it's, it's one of the deepest D lines in the it, it, just the amount of pass it's rush they scary. have and interior though they get beat a lot on the uh, in the run game which is why this guy's here yeah because they needed some more interior uh, defensive tackle which is the same reason I think they took Pratt as well he's more of a running type block, run stopping type or like, linebacker run stopping linebacker not a pass. He's not athletic enough to be. But, a yeah, their edges are great. I think that it's going to be uh, if they can build a bulk back up on the interior and be able to stop the run, and they can get to the quarterback. I think they'll be solid. I think they got a great corner in William Jackson the third. They also don't have to worry about penalties as much now that they got rid of that fucking psycho. Oh, perfect! Who's yeah. now in the Oakland Raiders? Yeah. So match made in hell. 
Yeah. Um, and then they got Michael Jordan. This was my favorite pick they had of the whole draft. Other than Jonah Williams, obviously, this was the favorite. Because, look, this is another guy, and I hate shitting on my own team. Another guy would have taken over the guy from Charlotte that we took. Really? But yes, because Michael I still Jordan, like Nate Davis. I like Nate Davis a lot, too, but it was just. And I think Michael Jordan, I mean, he, he, he can play they, center as well. Yeah. I think, I think more of what he is, two reasons why they took him. One, they have Billy Price. Billy Price is also an Ohio State uh, center guard guy. So you got a guy you already have a little bit of built-in chemistry with. This guy's probably going to be more of a backup in case bowling goes down. But they all are also looking for one of their guard spots they still need to fill a hole in. And that's probably where he's going to come in and maybe fill one of those holes potentially as I, a starter. I honestly think they're going to look to move him to center because he can't play that. And he's so athletic. He's sm- Like, fundamentally, he's smart, right? The, he just has elevation problems mm-hmm. and um, problems with guys with speed. But super strong, super smart, and he's adaptable. He can play guard or center. And I think they're going to try to use him more in the latter rather than mm-hmm. the guard. I think they think they've addressed guard and tackle. They might want to move him to center. Uh, like I said, I don't so think... switch Billy Price to being either right guard or left guard. Yeah, and then have uh, Bowling be the other side. Yeah, probably left guard. But the, I, the, he was other than Jonah Williams. This guy was my favorite person they drafted in, the, in in this in this class. I'll tell you this much: I like the running backs they grabbed. They both they got both Trayvon Williams and then one of my favorite guys in the draft. Who I, I'm I'm shocked nobody else thought about taking a, a sixth or fifth round flyer on this guy, Rodney Anderson. Rodney Anderson, had he not had all the injury issues and concerns, would probably be like a top three round pick. I don't understand it though. Why he went this far? Like why nobody took a shot on him? Not, or? not that. Not a not a solid pass blocker. So you're gonna have issues getting on the field sometimes. But great runner, great pass catcher. Well, you can much, develop him into a solid player. We've already talked about the two running backs they already have, and then they draft another two. What what are their expectations of these guys? Sometimes you just want to see what they can do and see if, you know, they're probably going to get rid of Gio Bernard eventually. Yeah. He's already, you know, he's on a second contract. You might be able to trade him for something solid. Second ACL. True. Um, you'd still need a backup to Joe Mixon, especially if your game is built around your running back and a lot of play action, like they're going to probably do in a lot of outside zone, having another running back who can pass catch and run outside zone and be athletic and maybe get some big blow up plays is very good. So I think they're trying to see if they can maybe fill out their running back roster. Again, and when you're on day three, you can get another guy who can be a solid backup, who can end up being a really solid starter, and you don't have to worry about paying the other guys on the roster. Solid solid spot to take, especially because this is usually, running back still usually the position where you can get a solid starter in right. day three. Like I said, it's not a bad pick. Just I'm trying to make sense of it all. Because if they took him and Trayvon Williams, I'm trying to understand their expectations of these guys. I still think I think part of it's going to be they might get rid of Gio Bernard. They might trade him. They might try to find a, a, a value for him. Well, he's old. He's small. The The skill set he brings to the table is just a poor man's version of Mixon, yeah. quite honestly. Um, and he, and he, not as good down the middle as Mixon. Not, well, yeah, he's so small, and he, he's had ACL injuries. You know, things But like soft that. hands, and he gives you a reliable player who can play, you know, slot receiver, who can also who's a solid running back, and he's quick, man. That, he's a quick running back. Yeah. Great vision. I'm never going to shit on Gio Bernard. No, neither am I. I just you got to be honest with the situation. Yeah. So. Um. Again, I wasn't – again, that's another – I think these three teams, I I didn't hate their picks as a – if I was a fan of their team, I wouldn't hate the picks, and I wouldn't be in love with everything they did. As a Browns fan, I feel okay because it doesn't feel like they got exponentially better. Well, 
so the Steelers, it's a, I think this is a team that's confused right now. They really don't know where they like they. This is a team. If anything, the Steelers out of these three is the one I feel like was the best draft, though. Well, that's because they already had the best talent. Yeah. Well. But I'm saying they're building around the talent that they have. Right, but I don't, like, you got to address, like, they weren't expecting Antonio, like, nobody called Antonio Brown leaving after this year. Yeah. I, I called Bell leaving, right, which they just have a lot of drama. They have an aging quarterback and young team in the supplementary areas. I think, you know, they were trying to build what they had. And you don't know what that is. The Ravens, same thing. Try to build what they had, make the weaker side just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. They did. And then the Bengals, they're they're in a rebuild mode. They got a new coaching staff, right, and an old team. Fix up that O line, yeah. build up around Dalton and Mixon, and then if they feel like Dalton's not the guy, next year go up and get their guy because next year they have potentially three or four quarterbacks in the first uh, that are going to potentially be first round quality guys coming out. So, uh. As a Browns fan, kind of okay because it didn't seem like anybody got exponentially better. There's no none of these three drafts. I feel like uh, no, I'm worried about everybody. And are. as a Browns fan, let's break into the Cleveland Browns draft because I got a lot to say about these motherfuckers. And uh, no first round pick because that was uh, that's our boy Odell Beckham Jr. And um, if Quinn was here, he'd be like, "Oh, you're such a fanboy. You're such a fanboy." <laughs> no okay, Quinn. Round, don't worry about it. No first round pick, but the best draft. Out of the whole conference. Dude, Greedy Williams, man. Love it. Man corner, press man guy. He had six interceptions his first year. It's just he don't play a lot more. He played a lot more man coverage. Was taking around the man, taking out the main guy. Uh, there was question. The reason why he fell, questions about his tackling. Uh, some a lot more about what he fell was about the uh, the interviews and the off field kind of stuff. Like they just didn't feel like he was committed. But nothing like majorly off field. I think he's going to the Cleveland Browns. He's going to be playing with other LSU guys with Odell, and he's going to have to cover Odell and Jarvis. He's going to have to compete. And Callaway, who he played against in college. Yeah, so, again, you're you're going to a team. And also, my only worry with this pick, he's going to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns just signed Steve Wilkes. Now, Steve Wilkes was not the defensive coordinator last year for the Arizona Cardinals. That was uh, a guy who he brought with him from Carolina who – Wilkes runs a lot of, uh, but Wilkes was the uh, was the defensive coordinator for Carolina when they had Norman when they drafted Norman. Yeah, he also developed. And he helped. Yes, you're right. He developed him and, as well as Beanie Ben Wickery before he like shit the bed. Right. So he has, so he left in Ben Wickery. So I think that that's telling you something. Yeah. Also, he instituted a lot more blitzing when he was in Carolina. He they blitzed the uh, they blitzed at a, I think it was like 51 percent rate. When he was in Carolina, they blitzed a little bit less when they were in uh, in Arizona. I I've been looking at because I've been worried because you know what like you know I do know that Wilkes runs a lot more zone because Carolina runs a lot more zone. Uh, but I, I I've been I feel a little bit more at ease because he does there was you know he did run Patrick Peterson at, on in man coverage but maybe it was just their worries about the other side of the field uh, in zone coverage I mean so you know Patrick Peterson not a zone corner. But you feel like guys can adapt. And, again, he wasn't the only guy running that defense last year. He was the head coach, and he could probably tell you what to do. But if the guy who's making the game plan says we're going to do zone coverage and that's what we've been constantly doing, hopefully you learn. Uh, but he did leave his guys on islands when he was in in Carolina. And now you got two man corners in Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. And I bring up the issue of the Blitz because that's a team that last year under Greg Williams blitzed a lot too. Right. Look, though, but you guys still have the same defensive backs coach and Coach Williams. Yes. 
and this is a guy that um, Denzel Ward. Like I, I would I like when that pick happened when you guys took him fourth last year. I'm like, what? You're gonna leave a guy like Bradley Chubb on the board when you could have him with Garrett, mm-hmm. Denzel Ward? Made me. I love Denzel Ward. He shut my mouth, man. He is so good. You also got the guys you picked up from Green Bay. I don't know if he's still on the team. The dude that gave homeboy the ball. Oh, Jackson. Uh, uh, Demarius Randall. Yeah, very good. He's and good. they've been playing him at free safety, and then he's played better at free safety. Right. He's going into a good system where it's talented already. Yeah. Morgan Burnett is there. Yes. Right? Well, is he's going to be playing the strong safety slash nickelbacker role. Yes. But he's going to be a team leader. Yes. He's going to be a locker room presence. He's going to be... He's going to be able to bring because they trade away Jabril Peppers. And Jabril Peppers, like not for nothing, was a good player. Now I don't. I think we got value out of it with getting Odell Beckham, and then picking these guys, and then still ended up getting Greedy Williams. And you and now here's the other part. So we're going to talk about three more players they drafted: Sion Takitaki from BYU, Sheldon Redwine from Miami, and Mac Wilson from Alabama. And all three of these guys, very solid blitzers. <sighs> all three of them, solid yeah. blitzers. And value for what yes. you got them. So. Sion Takitaki, solid blitzer, really good against the run. Actually has a good feel for coverage, too. I was not hating this pick at all. I, 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 was, I was worried. I saw it, and I'm like, you know, like, this is... Every once in a while, Dorsey has a pick where he, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? And this was one of those moments. I went, like, I heard of him before, but I wasn't, like, hot. Like, I wasn't sitting there going, like, oh, I hope they take Sion Takitaki. I wasn't sitting there being like, Takitaki. You guys have Collins still, right? No, we cut him. Okay, so you don't have Jamie Collins, but you have him. You have... Joe Schober, who's going to be the, the middle linebacker or the quarterback of the defense, and we played better when Schober was on the field. The homeboy showed out last year, Yes, he showed out the last two years, made it to yeah. the Pro Bowl, and uh, just a solid player. We also have uh, Christian Kirksey as, at our other linebacker position, solid linebacker as well. We gave him an extension a couple of years ago, and he's coming. I think this is actually the linebackers they take here are potential replacements for Collins and Kirksey. And I think they're going to extend Schobert after cutting Kirksey next year. You also have Sheldon. Sheldon Richardson, which was a great free agent signing. I was really happy with that. You also have Olivier Vernon. Olivier Vernon. And we also have Larry Ogunjobi. Okay, so here's... I like our D-line, man. Our D-line is sick. Back to Vernon, though. This is the hit. Oh, he didn't produce in New York. Okay, but he produced in Miami. Produced Produced in New York his first year. Okay, and he was still actually pro- like pass rush productivity wise was the seventh like when he was on the field when he wasn't injured last year had high pass rush productivity. But they're saying he missed the mark because of what he did in Miami. Okay, let's take it back to Miami. You know mm-hmm. why he was the guy in Miami? Because the focus was Wake. Yes. When he went to New York, he became the focus. He became the number one guy. Yeah. So they were able to focus on him more. He is not a number one pass rusher. That's not a knock on him. That's not at all. He's a very good number two pass rusher. Because he was still good. And I, I, exactly. I, yeah. But he's going to be better. And he was better in New York when he had P- Jason Pierre-Paul there. Exactly, because he was not the main focus. Yes. Or he what, couldn't just be the main focus. Well, you couldn't focus. just completely block him out. Like no. You can scheme against one guy. Right. And how the but how we, the Browns fixed against scheme against Garrett last year was they blitzed. So you had to pick your... You had to pick your poison. Plus, they had Ogunjobi, who's still on the team, who's still going to be playing D-tackle there. And Ogunjobi developed into a great D-tackle, and now you have him sitting next to, to Sheldon Richardson. Who can also blitz. Who can also get to the running quarterback and yeah. the running back. So can Miles Garrett. Yeah. So can Olivier Vernon. It, it, it's really now... Dude. You have four guys who can beat one-on-one. Right. And this guy can... All on solid pass back. rush moves. So, Sion uh, Takitaki... 
he can sneak through the cracks because they're going to be so focused. And they also have Jannard Avery, another linebacker who they drafted last year, who that's what his role was last year, right. was a blitzbacker, was a uh, was a pass rush specialist, and he played really well too and played out. But it's also going to open up the corner blitz. It's yes. also going to open up the safety. But it, it, the, the thing is, though, this is what you're going to have to pick, though. If you are going to pass and you know the team is blitzing, you're gonna. You, what are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna throw your running back out in 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 to to catch a pass because then who's gonna block these guys, right? Yeah. And, and you got good open field tacklers there. Other, you know, that it was a knock on Grady Williams, but it's just like I foresee this defense being phenomenal. Man. Oh yeah, phenomenal. And now the guys who were your starters last year, who were you know Trayvon Coley, who was playing D tackle last year, is now backup on the team. You get to see what Carl Davis really is, a guy who you got off of waivers from the Ravens. Uh, you know, I know they trade away Emmanuel Ogba to get uh, uh, to get a uh, to get a safety out of Kansas City. That was a, a nice little swap. So now they're going to get. You know, they have they're trying to fix the center of that defense. See, this is what they did. They they made some strengths, right? D line strength, right? Corner strength, and then they used picks and some trades to get some shots at safety and linebacker positions of lower value but that can that when they play well are great so again they got Sayon Takitaki then they got Sheldrick uh, Redwine again very good coverage guy can play both both in the box and in free safety this is a guy who I think they're you know they're hoping he develops to replace Demarius Randall and if he doesn't well then they'll go ahead and re-sign Demarius Randall I think he's there to replace Morgan Burnett Morgan well, Burnett. yeah. Well, they yeah. That's the other thing is they also have to. Morgan Burnett was is a stopgap, as well as the guy who they traded um, Emmanuel Ogba for. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head the the two. Uh, so the two safeties they have are only on one year deals. Right. Well, Morgan Burnett's on a two year deal, but it's really a, a so two year deal, one year option, thirties safety. Other uh, safety that they they traded for is on a one year de- is on the last year of his rookie deal. So you're hoping that you know these guys kind of all pan out. And then Sheldrick Redwine, now you don't have to really worry about starting him. Also, all three of these guys, good special teamers. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they'll be used there. I, I think, but... well, I'm not saying greedy. I'm saying Sayon Takitaki, Sheldrick Redwine, and Mac Wilson, yeah. well, all Mac good special Wilson, teamers. Mac Wilson's going to be used as special teams right now. Yes. Because the linebacker depth is kind of thicker than it has been. But this guy, other than greedy, was my favorite pick of your guys' whole draft. I honestly thought this was a round two pick. Oh, Mac Wilson, and he kept falling and falling. I'm like, who? What is he an off the field problem in the locker room issue? What's going on? I think some teams were a. He had a couple of interview uh, issues. Some teams have told him that he was considered just a certified backup. Um, I think his he uh, he has some mental processing issues. Sometimes he's had a couple of games where he seems to not be in the right place at the right time. Uh, again, he might be able to develop that a little bit better. Still a solid linebacker, good in zone coverage, right? Not great. He wasn't great against the run, but he was great in zone coverage. Kind of the opposite of Sayon Takitaki, where Sayon Takitaki was really good against the run, decent in zone coverage. Also, Mac Wilson was a much better blitzer than Sayon. So you got two guys who fit on different ends of the spectrum as far as linebackers go. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be like a James Harrison, but he could very well be like a Larry Foote. He's going to be that guy that you know his name because he's there for a year, mm-hmm. and he's solid. He's not going to be all pro. He might not even be a pro bowler, but he's going to be solid, and he's not going to be a weakness. I think their plan is to stick him at, like, when they saw him fall and they got him, I think his eventual role is going to be weak side linebacker. Right. I think Sayon Takitaki is going to end up being the strong side linebacker, or, the, uh, or, you know, it depends on 
between Sayon and uh, I was saying before Jannard Avery, which of those guys work out better at Sam linebacker? Uh, and I think with Jannard Avery, he might just develop more into the the pass rusher role that he's been on that team. But they got the value like to get a player like Mac Wilson at 155. The problem with Mac Wilson is at least if you're playing a lot of man coverage, he's going to have some headaches in man. He's not going to be able to. He's not going to be the best at covering corners. He does get off of blocks really well. So you're, right. but he's never going to make that splash play behind the line of scrimmage like Sam Takitaki will. So he's not going to be the impact linebacker, but he's going to be the guy who won't lose you in zone cover. Won't lose in zone coverage. Uh, has actually a very good understanding of route concepts. We'll probably get a couple of interceptions because he had a, quite a few interceptions, including against uh, in the, the bowl game, uh, one of the bowl games this year. Right, but like we've we're breaking down the Cleveland Browns last. Look at all these other teams, other than maybe Pittsburgh. What offense do you have to run man against? Uh, well, I think their corners are best fit for man. I think Greedy right. and Denzel Ward play best in man coverage. Right. Same thing with TJ Carey, who's a very big slot corner, and I think was actually signed to be there uh, to be one of their main starters last year, and end up becoming their slot corner. They also have uh, Terrence Mitchell, who was formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think. And that, what? The Oregon Ducks. And the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> um. And he's developed into a solid guy and ended up getting a lot of forced fumbles last year. He was he was a solid player on that on that defense and they have depth on the defense. He also got you the game winning interception for your first win in like two years. There you go. Yeah, that's the Oregon product. Boy, I got them hitter peaks, son. <laughs> so uh, I was actually not a fan when they signed Mitchell out of free agency. I was not a huge fan of it because I saw like he wasn't great when he was in Kansas City, but sometimes you find the he wasn't great uh, when he was in Oregon. Either. Yeah, so there you go. But he was such a good he. He's, he's become, fast. Well, he's also been such a good turnover machine, just hitting hard, getting fumbles, getting interceptions. He played a lot better last year. He's developed into a solid player. So I think you know between Greedy and Mitchell and Carey and uh, and Ward, he's a dog you've got a too. solid cornerback room right. and solid depth. He's a dog too, though. He's so competitive. Like he's the guy. Like a lot of people forget this that when Jarvis Landry went there, that's the guy. Like when the clip came out of Landry getting popped and then jumping up and then throwing a football at the defensive back's head, <laughs> it was Mitchell. There you like, go. He's a dog, man. He he plays hard, maybe a little too hard at times, but no. A, a, if if he's your number four corner, though, you're in a good spot. Yeah. yeah. And again, like you know, Soldier uh, Soldier Redwine could be able to match up in man coverage really well. Uh, probably might even play nickel linebacker for them a little bit. Kind of, we'll see. You know, that depth is going to be interesting because they're going to have now they have a whole new depth at safety. They have whole new depth at linebacker, and then they got this guy Drew Forbes who. Uh, I, I like, and this was a no-name guy. Was probably going to go undrafted. Uh, they did. There was a some uh, one of the major sports organizations, either sport uh, SI, did a, a profile on Prospect X, and they revealed that he was Prospect X. The only thing I didn't like about their draft is they drafted Austin Siebert in the fifth round. Drafting a kicker in the fifth round feels like you're leaving some uh, meat on the bone. I mean, normally I would definitely agree with you. I, I hate drafting kickers in general, but. You guys are a team that's been cursed with kickers. Yeah, well, I feel like that's why that's where you go to free agency and try to sign the best one available. Yeah, but when you guys do that, it's never worked out for nope. you. But well, no. we haven't done that in a while either. But also, too, this is the first time in years where the Browns aren't really thin at any one position that much. Like no. the talent, 
Is... Well, they're so heavy on position. I think they looked at guys for versatility in special teams, and that's why they were like looking at some. Like I said, Taki Taki, Redwine, Wilson, all of, uh, ability on special teams. That's uh, why they probably drafted Seabird. See, all right, well, we'll see a shot on a kicker. We weren't, you know, if you looking can get a young, talented kicker and cut the kicker you have to save cap to open up cap. Well, they, they're not paying that current kicker or anything either. It's Greg Joseph. It's a nobody out of nowhere. Exactly. So what are you um, losing on that? No, that's why I don't mind it too much. Uh, Donnie Lewis, Tulane guy, uh, came up. I actually like the guy though. I, I like uh, coming out of Tulane. Uh, very athletic. Very. I, I think he, he can end up actually making the team He'll be a, like, in a very deep, you know, cornerback room. Yeah, so. well, he, he might just be either a special teams guy or a practice squad guy. Yeah. And then, again, like I said, Drew Forbes. This is a team that used to be their number one strength was O-line. They no longer have Joe Thomas. Uh, they have – I was actually – the one shocking thing is they didn't take a tackle for the whole draft. I mean, Forbes technically is a tackle. He was drafted as a guard. Uh, they traded away Zeitler. They're going to hopefully have Austin Corbett play at uh, right guard. And they're also possibly losing uh, uh, J.C. Treader next year, going to be coming up on free agency. They did sign Eric Cush to a, a very cheap deal, so he might end up being a replacement or be fighting for the guard spot. This is going to be an interesting team, especially how they handle their offensive line. That's the only issue they currently have, and their offensive line's not horrible, but it's just got a lot of question marks. You saw Greg Robinson perform a little bit better than he's ever performed before. They now have a different O-line coach. The one from Green, Bo- uh, Green Bay is now in the room. Hopefully that ends up being a solid pickup for him. They no longer have uh, Wiley. Oh, Coach Wiley. Oh, man, national treasure, bro. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I was uh, I was happy with this draft when I looked at the uh, at the end list. When you look at this draft, you go, wow, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Took multiple picks on linebacker, which actually is probably the biggest position of need outside of offensive line. And you, on paper, hit. Yeah. Especially for the value you got him at. And then, you know, you had no first-round draft pick, but still. Odell Beckham Jr. Ooh, dude, that's going to be an interesting one. I can't wait to see this team play this year, man. I mean, I hope they suck week one. But <laughs> I mean, it takes time for teams to get in the zone. But uh, I don't know, man. Baker Mayfield, I'm not counting him out ever. Just, I, like, I remember I, watching him in that Rose Bowl. I hope he just throws like 17 interceptions week one, though. Nah, nope, none, none, nope. Every other game, I hope he does Super well. But week one, just fucking shit to bed. But yeah, so that was the that was the AFC North. We've rounded out our whole draft process. Uh, unfortunately, Quinn was not here to be a part of the last bit, but. Uh, you want to pitch your plug again? Yeah, um, big sports fan. Once again, not just football. Huge into MMA and boxing. I love talking about that. Um, I'm also a local comic, just like Walter and Quinn, who's not allowed within 500 foot of a school, which is why I couldn't be here today. But, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the, T-H-E-E, underscore Shane, S-H-A-N-E, underscore M-C-M. I'm posting clips of our comedy all the time, and yeah. Fuck the Colts, fuck the Texans, fuck the Jaguars. Totally wrong draft, but okay. No, I say that every show. <laughs> we could be talking about fucking... The boxing. Plant- we were yeah. talking about boxing. Uh, and fuck the Colts, fuck the Texans, fuck the yeah, Jaguars. Yeah, this guy's got a je- good jab. Anyway, Deshaun Watson, fucking faggot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Walter, uh, thanks for watching Draft Vice. We'll have some more episodes out for you soon. Uh, summer's going to probably be a little light. Uh, like, follow, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to on iTunes, rate, review, say that you love Shane, say you love Quinn, say you love Quinn's voice. Um, 
and we'll have more videos out for you guys very soon. And uh, again, you can follow the the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, and you can follow me at on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can follow people at Brojo Death Punch. It's B R O J O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like when we get Quinn back. It'll be a punch to our system that he'll be back, and we love him. Anyway, have a good week, everybody. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about the past, I'm about the future.